from Stone Mountain, Georgia, this is The Bryant Land Show, hosted by proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. All right now, everybody, welcome to The Bryant Land Show. New open, new music, new title, man. I just wanted to shorten the title of the podcast down. So the Bryant Land Country Podcast is now the Bryant Land Show from here on out until I try to change it again or come up with another creative idea. But hopefully this one will stick and it will go on from here on out, man. Thanks for coming in. You guys don't have to do anything different. It'll show up on your same feed. The only thing is different. Like I said, new open, new music track. Hope you guys like that music track. I think it's one of the dopest music tracks that I've listened to in a while for a podcast open. So you guys don't have to do anything different. It is here. You can get this podcast the same way that you've been getting it. Just a new vibe this year for the Bryantland Show. So not going to talk you guys to death. My guest today, Ken Owensby from KLO Outdoors. Uh, Ken and I met a few years ago at a trade show here in Georgia, and I've been keeping up with him on social media. He's got some big things coming for his KLO Outdoors, making a splash in the outdoors industry. So I just wanted to take some time to catch up with him and uh, see what he's got going on. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, fall back. You guys kick back. I'm going to press play on, or excuse me, press record on the uh, record machine, and you guys listen to my conversation with Ken Owensby here on The Bryantland Show. All new for y'all right now. Bryantland. So I was at the G-O-N, Georgia Outdoor News show, a couple of years ago. And you were sitting at a booth and it was kind of one of those things where like you see one black man at an event like that at a booth and you see another black man who's got their own booth and you just kind of look at each other and just give like the little head nod and just like the little understanding. And then after the show or after the set that day, we went over it and we talked about probably about another 30 minutes, 45 minutes and I had said that I've been wanting to catch up with you and just talk to you a little bit more. So, Ken, thanks for coming on, man. I, I appreciate it. Man, glad to be on. Glad to be on. So, how you? What you been up to? How's your deer season been going, man? You you been out there taking out taking out some big ones down there? Man, it's it's this one's been a been a tough one. Uh, I had some miscues early in the season and. I finally got all that straightened out, and I I killed a couple of does, and I killed a pretty good seven, and uh, I had an encounter with a real good buck December the eighth, and he was chasing a doe, and he come in, he was about fifty three yards, and he was locked in on that doe, and I had another buck come in chasing the same doe, and they locked up and fought for a while, and the big one that I was watching ran that one off, and. He come back to the same spot and stood there for about 10 minutes. I grunted at him. I couldn't get him to do nothing. He was locked <laughs> on the door. Finally, 
finally she moved and he caught the slightest bit of movement and saw her and the chase was on again. And uh, that's how my season has been so far. Man, it is crazy when them bucks get one thing set on their mind. You talk about a one-track mind. when they Once they set their mind to running those, it don't matter what's going on. They throw caution to the wind. It, it, it don't matter. That's what makes that time of the year pretty magical. Yeah. They, because the seven, the seven that I killed, a doe come in, man, and it was like she looked up. She looked up, and I'm about forty foot off the ground, now, and she, she, it's like she looked up at me and said, "Please get this, get this buck off me." <laughs> she stood there and watched me draw my bow, and the buck he actually looked up at me, and then he looked back at her, and he walks up to ten yards, and I shot this buck at ten yards. Wow! And I shot him, and the arrow got through him so quick, he jumped the ditch, and he was still trying to chase that doe. And I sit there and watched all this unfold, man. And finally, he he <laughs> fell. And <laughs> I'm doing an interview on my phone, and I look to my right, and it's another buck crossing the creek coming up in there. Nah, let's and he, go ahead. He Lawrence. finally saw he finally saw the other buck land, and he kind of spooked and turned and left and went back the other way. Man, that was that was the craziest morning I've ever had. I guess because he saw what happened, he was just like, "Well, shit, I need to get out of here because there's yeah. nothing but ain't nothing but bad things happening in this scene right here." But yeah, let let me go back to something that you just said because I don't understand you guys. There's about four or five of y'all that I've talked to now. Uh-huh. Why why y'all trying to high five God all the way up there, man? Like what forty feet? In the air, bro. In in this particular spot is is on a ridge. So if you go up, if you only go up about twenty feet or so, you eye level with them. They looking dead at you when they come out. So mm. on those ridges, you got to you got to take it on up another notch to get above them. You don't you don't worry about your arrow angle at that point. I don't. Wow. That that has never been an issue for me, bro. Never mm-hmm. been. Now, uh, the, and then obviously, forty feet in the air, you a you you not scared of heights, so you don't. Do you have to take Dramamine or anything like that at that point? I mean, good no. night. No, I don't, man. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my hand and I got my harness on, and the wind can blow hard as it wants to. I ain't going nowhere. Now, this, now is that a climber or are you um or you hang no sets? It's a, it's a climb. Okay. 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 Man, 40. Whew. Jesus. I just started using the climber this season, and I love it. But the doe that I killed, I was probably, mm, I'd say 12, 15 foot off the ground. It's like thick pines. Yeah. But anything... I can usually get by good 14, 15. I'm trying to work my way up to 20 because I just feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of those, especially the old the old nanny does, them the ones that ruin everything for everybody. Well, yes. that, they're the ones that ruin it for you. Because as a matter of fact, I had it happen this morning. I'm sitting there just relaxing. I kind of see the movement off in the distance. And I mean, it's super thick. It's a very, you know, thick, you know, pine thickets and whatnot. And where I'm at, 
you know, I got like a, I got one clearing and I know that eventually they cross in that clearing and that's where you take your shot at. That's where your best lane is. But where they come in, you know, they come around, they circle around and then eventually they go into that clearing and that's where you usually should be able to get the shot at. So she comes in, you know, to come first, they kind of, they were on a mission. They didn't even deviate from off that trail, but I could see them. They was probably about 60, 70 yards away and they come through. No problem, whatever. The other one comes in. She had to close the distance probably about 30 yards. And it's still thick at 30. And she, you know, I hear the rustling. I'm still just waiting. I'm like, okay, she's going to circle around behind me, come back across the clearing. As soon as she ducks behind, you know, gets her head behind this tree, that'll be a blind spot for her. I can draw back. Good to go. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. She got to about 30 and stopped. And then started stomping, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Don't ruin this! Don't, don't, don't ruin it!" It's just like if you, if you scared, just back out and leave, but don't ruin it for everybody else. And sure enough, she started stomping. She started stomping, and then probably about ten seconds later, I was like, "Oh shit!" It's like she got every deer in the area now knows that something's going on in this area, thanks Uh to her. So. I don't know. Maybe another five feet inside. I can't touch 40. I can't touch 30. I already know this. Maybe, you know, another five feet, 20. Maybe that'll, you know, solve some of that. But, whew, 30, 40 feet, good Lord. Yeah. Um, and something that you just said, you know, a lot of hunters overlook on these old nanny does, man. They they are smart. Um, I think they're just as smart as a big buck. Yes. I was hunting on public land. And, I mean, everybody beats this land to death. But the way everybody, I hunted different than everybody else hunts. And um, this particular afternoon, I had the wind in my face. I set up in the corner of a food plot. And um, I seen her when she come out of the pine. So she comes out of the pines. She crosses the road and she comes in and she she's fitting to be at 25 yards. So I got my release on and I'm getting ready to draw back on. And all of a sudden, she just looks up, and I'm way on top of a pine. And she started stomping, and I said, don't blow. <laughs> she, blew. she blew, and back across the road she went, and it was about six other tails right behind her. Yep. And I said, okay. I said, she knows exactly where I'm at. I said, so I'm going to switch it up on. So I gave her about two days, and I went back in there, and this time I climbed up in a tree right behind the tree that I was in. Mm-hmm. So she does the same thing. She comes out of the pines, comes across the road, and starts into the food plot. But this time, I was already full drawn when she got to 25 yards. So when she looked up, I went ahead and turned it loose on her. And, uh, <laughs> and nailed her at 25 yards. But, man, they are smart. Those those big does have blowed a bunch of hunts for me. Yeah. and it, it, But that's part of the chess match. And, you know, I can not only – by, you know, facial features and stuff, you know, size or whatnot. But when you see, like, those big husky nannies, it's just like you you just – it's a, you pray a different kind of prayer. <laughs> That's what yeah. I like to say. <laughs> because, golly, it's just – I don't know what it is. You sit down, you know, you win, play to win, you know, all the, the cliches and the things that people say that you should do. But 
It's like those doughs have like a sixth sense about them. I, I was, I don't know what it is. I totally agree because I mean it's 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 crazy, but they they are they are very smart. Now let's backtrack a little bit. How did you get into it? Like, have you been hunting all your whole life? Like most of the people that know that listen to my show, they know. You know, I started hunting now about five six years ago started bow hunting right along there and started bow hunting pigs and then kind of got into deer waterfowl a little bit but this season i think you know i've fell in love with bow hunting deer a little bit more how did you get started like was this something that's passed down from generation to generation like who who turned you on well my my dad got me started i started going in the woods with him when i was about nine years old and uh, he had, he uh, he would take his rifle and I'd take my pellet gun. We'd get in the, in the deer stand and we seen a squirrel. You know, I, I'd shoot a squirrel and shoot at a squirrel. And he he taught me how to hunt. And I lost him at age 14, right when I was really getting into bow hunting. And so some of my classmates took me on their wing and showed me everything I needed to do about bow hunting, man. And after shooting a bow for a little while, I, I was hooked. And I've been bow hunting ever since wow and it's it's that's that's what i love I, i'll shoot one with a rifle i got some spots in alabama that it's cut over there's no way to bow hunt so i shoot a rifle but mm-hmm. i love bow hunt what you can't you can't get another adrenaline rush like you can bow hunt no you can't you 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 can't and you know it's funny that's why i listen to you when you say you know 40 feet in the air you got one in at 25 yards that i mean the closeness the in, the the intimacy of how close those animals come in you know like you say you shot that buck at 10 i think the doe that i shot this year was at like 13 yards there's a couple other deer i've shot i don't think i've shot a deer and shot a deer and successfully recovered over 22 yards mm-hmm and to me, that's what is so great about it. I mean, like, you can sit there, you damn near hear them breathe, you listen to them eating, you know, or feeding wherever they're feeding that and stuff. I mean, just to be that close and to be that on top of them, man, that, to me, that's where the adrenaline rush, like you said, and it's just nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been times that, you know, you see them coming in and, you saying, okay, I'm gonna get a shot right here, you know, and then all of a sudden a moment of, moment of truth there. It's been times, man, that my knees been shaking so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can remember at one at one time when I was I was probably I was probably in my early twenties and it was a cold, frosty morning and I was bow hunting and I heard a deer coming out of the hardwoods and it come through the pines. I never could see his head. All I could see was the leg, and finally I saw his head, and it was a big, it was a big seven point. And I tried three times to get my bow to roll over, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> that boat finally stopped, and I started. I pointed my bow straight in the air, and I just went pulling on it. And finally, it gave and rolled over. And when it did, I put the pin right behind his shoulder and smoked it. And I was so tore up that day, I couldn't come down the tree. (laughs) 
it's I'm telling you, it is nothing like it. I mean, I've had encounters where it feel like my my heart is just like beating out of my chest. It's just like, yeah. okay, you keep telling yourself, you're like, okay, here come here come a deer. And I feel like, you know, for me, still being, you know, relatively new now and this is the first season that I went out like religiously almost like two three times a week like now I'm starting to get a little bit better but it's just like the first little crash you hear in the bush or whatever or the first you know little sound or whatnot and then when you find out figure out that it's really not a squirrel it's just like all right you know sitting there and I'm telling myself I'm like all right be cool okay here she come here he come okay okay it's cool it's cool no problem we cool we cool we got this man and then when you see him it's like your chest just start beating all fast and I'm like damn slow down breathe just it's all good but it's is is exciting like you can't the only thing to me that comes close to that is being on top of a turkey I agree with you on that. I agree. When them things start gobbling, and especially when you get like a big, mature gobbler, you know, when people say thunder chickens, like that's when they start drumming and gobbling and stuff, man, it it make your hair stand up. Oh, yeah. That's that's about the only thing that comes close to that. But it's funny how you have to just kind of talk yourself through it. And, you know, calm yourself down. It's like, all right, calm down. You know, let's, you know, breathe. Let's get it together. And then, you know, be able to execute your shot, do what you got to do. So, so I was, I was thumbing through some, looking at some stuff of yours. And you went to a single pin on your bow this year, which I absolutely love the single pin site. It's totally like best decision I ever made. But you're yeah. sticking with the whisker biscuit. And for people that don't know, the, you know, usually on the bowl you have what's a, called a drop rest, which, you know, it still holds the arrow, but as soon as you release it, you know, it dropped down, release the arrow, no friction. Whisker biscuit holds your arrow in place, but some people believe you tend to lose a little bit of speed and stuff with the way the whisker biscuit is um, if you hunt. Like in the north um, or in the Midwest with cold temperatures, you know, people talked about the whisker biscuit freezing and stuff. What what, what has your loyalty to the whisker biscuit? Because you went to the single pin site, but you're still on the biscuit. Man, I, I love that biscuit. I don't have to worry about my arrow falling off. And, uh, <laughs> when I got it put on, the, uh, my, my guy that does my boat work, we shot it and it paper tuned just perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I just love it. I mean, you can—it's got that conditioner that you can spray on to keep your bristles soft, right? And it keeps them from freezing. And I, just, I just the, the drop away man. I, I've had them. I just—it's too much stuff that could go wrong when you got moving parts. And um, I've actually had a mechanical to fail on me in the field. And um, I just—I went to that whisker biscuit. You don't have to worry about nothing failing. It's foolproof. Yeah, cause it do it, it it keep you, like you say, it keeps everything in place. But to me, it was it was funny to go from the same, cause it seems like the multi pin site, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, however you set, you know, your multiple pins on your site, and it seems like the multiple multi pin site and the whisker biscuit go hand in hand. That's why, like, I was thumbing through one day and I was looking, I was like, hmm, 
All right, that's that's an interesting conversation because you usually see the single pin with the drop away, multiple pin with the whisker biscuit. But you know, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you, and that just comes from just like you say, working through and shooting it and finding out what what works best. Yeah, I um, I fought with it for a while about the single pin. You know, as you you get older, your your, your eyes, everything changes. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I had some miscues early, so I called a friend of ours, Ken Brown. And me and yeah. him talking. He said, man, try try the single pin. And I said, I really don't want to fool no single pin, man. I said, you got to uh, adjust it, you know, to deer. He said, Kenny, get it and try it. He said, I promise you. He said, you're not going to have to move it like you think you are. He said, you're shooting a Matthew, so you're not going to have to move that, that pin like you think you are. Mm-hmm. And so... I got it, and I think my numbers were 13 and 23. And you start out at 20, then you go to 60. And, man, I started shooting that thing, and I love it. Right. Well, you talking about sighting in, sighting in that, that sight, y'all. I got the I got the same sight on both of my bows. Matter of fact, I've had that sight on every bow that I have. And it was just – it was night and day. It was like the clouds opening up and the blue sky and all that stuff. When you go to that single pin, like you say, you don't really have to move it too much. Only thing you got to do is, you know, is you dial it in. And it's so accurate when you get ready to go, when you get ready to shoot, you get in your stand, you range, you know, your areas and stuff. And, man, you can dial it up right to the yard. And that's what, yeah. I, for me, that's what I loved about it, but... And then that that clear sight picture, like you say, you have some miscues and and whatnot. But that clear sight picture is one pin. You put it where you need to go, and then you let that arrow fly. Yes, and it's 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 scary accurate how accurate that thing is, man. <laughs> yes, I can I can back up at sixty out here in my yard. I can back up at sixty and just just stack them all day. Wow. Now, what's the furthest you shot a deer? That you shot, kill, recover. Get to two yards. And see if, if that buck, if he would have, if he would have took two steps mm-hmm. out of that thick stuff where I could see his front shoulder and behind it, I was gonna let it fly at 53 because if I can kill one at 52, I can kill one at 53 with him. Right. But uh he just that that doe had him in a trance and he was he was going towards her. He wasn't going no other way. <laughs> Man, now what about so you got the deer, you knock them down, you know, you got to drag them out. That's the that's the the bittersweet part, you know, is that that drag job. Well, the track job if you got one. Um, yeah. If you're fortunate enough, you don't have a track job, or you got a short tracking job, you know, from where you shot the deer, you go pick them up. You know, you get that drag out. What about processing? Are you are you in the processing? Do you do your own? Do you have the stuff to do your own? Because it can be cumbersome. To me, it, it it's cumbersome. I, now I know it's rewarding because I do my birds like any kind of like ducks and uh, like geese or anything like that. But it's a whole different ball game from you know plucking and breasting out a couple of birds or plucking and gutting a couple of birds and gutting a whole deer. Where, where are you at on that, uh, on the process? Well, I, I was, I was fortunate enough to have some friends that, that ran a processing place. And so I, I worked up there with them. So I, every now and then, if I don't want to fool with it, 
and have a lot going on, I'll take it to one of my buddies that he got to process and leave it and let him process. But other than that, I process my own. Mm-hmm. Every cut that the processor know how to make, I know how to make. Okay. And um, I got I got the equipment to make my sausage, all of that. Because so I was I was schooled really well by my friends on 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 how to on how to process one and take care of. I was about to say you got the whole thing from uh from tip to tail with you know being able to take care of it and stuff. But one one thing that I found just from processing and also is if you got like you say, you got all the tools, you got sharp knives, you know, you got your uh your blades and your, you know, your cutters and stuff so you can cut, you know, tendons and stuff like that. If you got all the right equipment, sharp equipment, it's real mm-hmm. easy. You can breeze through it. Even oh, if you yeah, no even problem. if you don't know exactly quite what you're doing, you know, everything is on YouTube nowadays. You can, you know, watch a video or go step through step by step on the video. It's easy to do it. Man, it you get in there with some dull knives, uh, some equipment that is subpar. And brother, you are in for a long, frustrating day. Even on a little small bird, will turn into a job if you don't have the right equipment. You are exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Golly, they make it look so simple, but like I say, you got to have the right equipment, have the right, have the right stuff. Right stuff is a breeze, and it's a joy. Actually, like I said, it's rewarding. It is. So, I love to do my own sausage and and I do my own steaks, all of that stuff, man. And, and jerky, I to me, I mean, I'm, I'm partial myself, but I think I make some of the best jerky on the planet. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I do we, you now? <laughs> I, I actually made some uh, earlier this week, and oh. fun story, my uh, coworker that works with me. She's always giving me the blues about killing deer. Mm-hmm. And so I had that jerky and it was sitting between the seat. And she said, is that deer jerky? I said, yeah, it is. And she said, I, I, I just don't think I'm going to eat now. I said, okay, man. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I like how she she had to make an announcement that she was not going to eat it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like that was going like just send you in, into a panic, uh, like or into despair for the rest of the day because she didn't want to eat it. But go ahead, yeah. please continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I I knew what I had in that bag, so I said, okay. I said that's fine. I said, don't you know? I I I'll, I'll take care. Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> needless to say, I was at the back of the truck letting the gate up, and I get in the truck and I I I smell it, and I look and her jaw going a hundred miles an hour. And I said, that jerky good, ain't it? <laughs> she said, uh, you got some more of this? <laughs> I said, I do. And uh, she said, uh, I'm going to eat this whole bag. And she 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 ran through it. <laughs> wow. So she ate the whole bag right there on the spot. She ate a pretty good bit of it. After she made a whole public point to be like, well, I don't think I'm going to eat no deer jerky. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, people, people are funny. My, I can I, I get my daughter like that every now and then. She, you know, she gives me a hard time about going 
and whether it's deer or turkey or whatever. Now, if I go on a predator hunt or whatever, like coyotes or something like that, she'll she'll deal with that. But any of the you know the cute animals, so to speak, you know she have have a hard time with. But I have yet to see this girl turn her plate down whenever I made you know like yesterday I made spaghetti with ground deer. Um, I'm probably gonna do some stuffed shells. Here in a couple of days, I got a stuffed shell recipe um, that's out of this world that they love that I got when I went on a um, a deer hunt in South Carolina. And uh, barbecue, you know, when I do pulled pork from like a hog shoulder or something like that, deer burgers, uh, goose strips, you know, duck strips. I did two whole ducks for um, for Christmas and she ate those. Like I said, that girl does not turn her plate down when it comes to eating, she gives me all the grief in the world, but she's all she's right there to munch it up when you know when the food's done. It, it, it's remarkable. Yeah. In my in my household, I'm the only one that that eats it. I've me and my wife have been together for 20 years, and uh, she finally last year, I was I smoked uh, a backstrap and had it wrapped in bacon and. I've been trying to get her to try it, and she's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not trying." Uh-uh. And uh, that day, it smelled so good to her. I took it in the house and I cut it up in the strips. And she said, "I got to try a piece of this." <laughs> and she tried that tenderloin, and she said, "Now I I will eat this." So, um, but my grandson, he's 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 not going to touch it. Wow! But it, every now and then. If if I'm doing some some backstrap, she'll she'll get a piece and try it. Now I'm gonna tell you, I found this out too. I had so I had two turkey breasts from the turkey I killed last year. One I cut up in the strip, one half of the breast I cut up in the strip and ate that you know pretty quick, like stir fried stir fried the strips or whatever. It was delicious. I saved mm-hmm. the other one until Christmas and I seasoned it almost like a rub. Like with the seasoning and stuff, and then took the um, I forgot the, but it's like a Cajun butter marinade, and you uh-huh. in, and you inject it, and then put it in the smoker. Oh my God! Like when you slice slice it and whatever, I mean juice just dripping, butter just dripping, just dripping in there. Cajun butter, they you can get it at um. Academy. I forgot the company that makes it, but like that, um, that marinade. You inject that marinade in there, and then smoke it by three, four hours or whatever. When you mm-hmm. it, on the outside, you like, oh man, I done mess around and overcooked this thing until you slice it. Then when you slice it, it's just like all the juice in there. I can't wait till turkey season to get some more turkeys because that I'm I'm sold on it. Like it, it it's that good and. Anytime you fooling with wild game meat, you know, people always talk about, oh, it tastes gamey or, oh, it tastes like this or whatever. At the end of the day, if you season it right, you cook it right, man, it's off the chain. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a lot of people that that have tried my deer, and they don't think it's deer because they think it's supposed to be gamey. But it all starts with how you take care of that animal in the field. Yeah. Yeah, that's how how it's gonna taste, man. Um, I've seen people gut shoot a deer, 
and they'll put it on the back of the truck and ride an hour to the process. Okay, you don't let those guts sit in that deer for an hour with all that stuff that's on the inside. And I mean, that's what your meat gonna taste like. When I kill mine, I immediately get it out. Yeah. Yep. And uh, another thing I, I, I want to ask you: Have you tried? Have Have you tried deer heart? No, I have seen videos um, over the last couple of years of people doing heart and stuff. Some people say it tastes like liver. I absolutely hate liver. So there's no way in the world that I could bring myself to try it. But for what I understand, it's supposed to be really, really good. But on the... On the uh, it right now it's on the side of the um the raccoon that supposedly tastes like ground up or not ground up but pulled pork. People been trying to get me the last over the last year. People been trying to tell me that raccoon, if you do it right, tastes like pulled pork, and I absolutely refuse. And I'm kind of like that on the deer heart, but apparently yeah. you know something that I don't. Throw throw whatever people have told you about. Deer heart tasting like liver out in the winter. Okay. Because I hunted with this older guy and I killed a deer that morning, so I was I was good in it. And I got all that, the heart, lungs, all that stuff, I got all that out. He said, son, he said, uh, you throwing the best piece of meat away. <laughs> and I was like, What are you talking about? He said, the heart. I said, Ain't no way. And uh he said, Yeah, he said, You throwing the best part of the meat away. He said, Give me that heart. So I gave it to him. He said, when we get back to camp, he said, I'm going to trim this. I'm going to trim this up. And he said, I'm going to cook it. And I was like, man, I'm not trying no deer heart. <laughs> and uh, he said, okay. He said, but once you smell it, he said, I promise you, you'll try it. And we got back to camp, man. He, I was out there cleaning my deer. He went in there and did his thing, man. And I'm telling you, that is my favorite part of that deer. More so than the backstrap. Yes. Wow. What? You take that heart, you take it and trim it. The way I do mine, I take it and I trim it up and I cut it up in little strips. And I'll put, uh, I love garlic sauce. So I put garlic salt mm-hmm. and black pepper on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just kind of stir fry it with some onions. Put some onions in there with it. Man, it's delicious. I was about to say, I, I knew there had to be some onion in there somewhere because a lot of the times with what I call this like exotic stuff, you know, like heart and like, you know, raccoon and possum and, you know, all of that exotic meat is what I call it. You, there got to be some onions in there because the onions is the neutralizer. Yeah. Uh, the, the onions mask uh, a lot of things. <laughs> so, <laughs> I figured you was going to say onions, but huh. And so what it does it, I mean, is it tender? Is it like what, what? You know, we always we always talk about you know it, it tastes like chicken or it tastes like beef it tastes like liver whatever you know we always try to make it taste like something that it relate to is that just something that we just like no it just tastes like deer heart. <laughs> All right, I'm finished. I'm finished. Just imagine uh, uh, the tender tenderest deer tenderloin backstrap you ever ate. Mm-hmm. That's what it tastes like. Wow, it's that tender. Wow, I don't know. I, 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 whew. 
I was I was the same way. I was the same way. And and that guy, he said, man, he said, y'all, y'all young cats don't know what you're missing. I was like, man, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it always, it's always, it's always old dude too. It's always, you know, it, that's why you always got to respect your elders, man. No matter how old we get, you know, like I'm 42, but no matter how old we get, man, your elders, they, they always got something for you and you, Still be looking at them like, mm, I don't know about that. And, and that's the first thing that they say is it's like, you young, some of the others don't know nothing. And it's just yep. like, all right, whatever you say. <laughs> man. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I, everyone I kill, I, I, I get it out. I get that heart out. I bring it home, trim it up, give me some salt water, mm. put it in there. Get in the refrigerator, and let it get cold and soak. Pull all that blood out, man. And it's on. Okay, so it, it you gotta let it soak. Like it's not something that you could just take out and process it. Just do it like right there, like that same day. Like you gotta let it soak and get everything out of it or whatever. Or no, oh, or, no, because you said uh, old old dude went in there. And he started cooking it up when y'all got back to camp, right? Yeah, I mean you can do you. You ain't gotta wait. That's just that's just what I do sometimes. Because a lot of times I don't cook it that same day. Right. But um, you you can get it right out of that deer, trim it up, wash it off real good, and batter it and fry it, or do stir fry like I do with it, and you're good to go. It's not it's not gamey at all. I mean, all, you think about it, all it is a big muscle. Yeah. And it is it is very tender and it's it's a good it's a great cut of meat. I don't know. Let's we'll see. When I, if I if I shoot another one before Sunday, because up here we we go till Sunday. If I shoot another one before Sunday, then I might have to try to brave myself to to at least at least try. I'll try that before I try to do the pulled pork raccoon. I can tell you that now, and that ain't happening. I didn't. I talked to probably about four or five people last year, either on podcasts or like a couple of people that I know back home in South Carolina, and they just swear by the raccoon. And it's like if you and all of them say the same thing. They tell the same thing. It's like well, if you take a tray of a regular pulled pork and then you take a tray of my raccoon, I promise you, you ain't gonna be able to tell the difference. And I promise you, right now, it's gonna be a discrepancy if you put a tray of a raccoon beside a tray of pulled pork and try to tell me which one that I'm supposed to eat. It's gonna be a discrepancy because I just I. Mm. Ooh, Jesus! No, okay. You are are you a raccoon connoisseur as well? Is that is that you got a raccoon recipe? I have tried it, but it's not something that that I'm gonna just eat all the time. I mean, I, I tried it, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if I could get past the processing part. Yeah, cause you got you know once you skin it and everything, and I mean that was some creepy looking like. They still look like they be like looking into your soul and shit. Like when you still, look, like I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, man. Like I don't know if I could do that. So, well, they 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 are some clean animals, man. But I like I said, I I tried it and I was like, man, it's 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 okay, but mm, it, no, it ain't my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. Now, you were saying about, you know, your grandson 
and stuff. Do your kids go out with you at all? Your grandkids, everything, or you you still a one man uh, one man show in the family? Well, my my grandson he 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 goes with me sometime. I took him. It was last year, and um, he was he was ready to go hunting. And we went a couple times, and we didn't have no luck. And so I called one of my buddies, and he said, "Yeah, he said I got a food plot. I uh, I can put y'all in." He said he can shoot a doe. So me and him went out there, and we got in the shooting house, and he took his tablet, and he was playing his tablet. And I didn't know how he was going to act if I would have said, "Hey, it's a deer right there." So I told him, I said, "Hey, I said let me see you." iPad. And he said, why? I said, just let me see it. I want to see what time it is. So he gave it to me and I put it down and I said, look out the window. And he looked out the window and it was a, a big doe standing there in the food plot. Mm-hmm. What we didn't know was it was another doe about the same size standing on the other side of it. So I gave him the rifle. He, he puts it in the window and I pulled a hammer back for him and I said, take your time, put it behind the shoulder. He shot and killed two deer at one book. No. Talk about a way to start. <laughs> yeah. And um, this year I, I was talking to him about hunting and he said, Pop, he said, uh, will you be mad at me if I say I don't I don't want to hunt this year? I said, no. I said, you know, everybody don't like to hunt. I said, if you don't want to hunt, I said, I'm not going to pressure you to hunt. I said, when you get ready to hunt, you let me know. And he told me the other day, he said, I think I'm ready. I want to kill a book. So I'll be taking him to Alabama to try, try to get him a book. Nice, nice. Yeah, that that's kind of how how it. Because even when I started, you know, I was kind of just doing it, and then you know, I introduced my kids to. We went to like a class, um, just like an archery class, just to see if they even had like any kind of like interest or aptitude, you know, like for like a basic entry level archery class. And mm-hmm. my daughter, she was okay. My son was really cool with it. Funny thing is, is I'm right-handed. He's right-handed, but we both shoot uh, bows left-handed, and then my daughter's left-handed naturally, and then she shoots left-handed. Um, she won't hunt, um, and she's kind of doing her own thing. He will shoot his bow when I shoot mine, and I mm-hmm. want you know it's one of those things where it's just like, and I'll take him with me. Like he'll go. He don't have no problems going and stuff. Um, he really ain't made a fuss about being able to shoot anything. The one time that he did, he was able to shoot. We went to Texas and we were um, hunting hogs and he had a great shot on a hog and we were in a stand and when he drew back, he didn't clear the front part of the stand enough. So when he released it, the bottom part of his, uh, the limb hit the, uh, hit the stand so the arrow fell short. Otherwise, it was a perfect shot. It was dead on, but... Since then, it's just kind of like getting him to shoot regularly enough to want to go, you know, to feel comfortable turning him loose and stuff. And like I said, I don't really rifle hunt. I don't crossbow. Like, I'm all about archery and uh, bow hunting and stuff. But it's one of those things It's like, you know, whenever you want to do it, you know, I'll take you. Like, I'm not going to pressure you or whatever. But understand, like, if you want to, like, try to kill something, you got to practice. That's right. My thing is you do all the work with me in the summer because they all out there, you know, with the food plots and cleaning blinds and, you know, helping me clear shooting lanes and stuff. They do all the work in the summer. But yeah. then when September comes, it's just like, okay, you want to go? Sure. <laughs> <I do. laughs> 
if I did all the work that you did, I would be standing in line. Like I'd be the first one in line at the door. Like, yeah. but this this generation, man, like you say, iPads and phones and you know video games and stuff like that. And I mean, I don't, you know, I don't mess with them too much because I was the same way when I was that age. You know, I was a big video game person or whatnot, but I. Just, like you did with your grandson, I just let him know. I'm like, hey, you know, whenever you want to, you let me know. We'll figure it out. So, yeah. Now, do you? I know you uh, do turkey and stuff. Do you duck hunt or anything else like pheasant or rabbit or anything like that? Or you just pretty much stick to you know like deer and turkeys? And I know you fish a little bit. I saw that too that you fish pretty yeah. good. But anything like outside of that? Yeah, I I love rabbit. I love rabbit hunt with a good pack of beagles. Um, I love that. And I'm next year. I'm gonna step in. I'm gonna I'm gonna try some duck hunting. Everybody keep telling me once I do it, I'm gonna be addicted. And Lord knows I don't need another another addiction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, I don't know. Like the guys that I know that do it. They almost make it seem like either or. Like the last couple of years, I lived in Wisconsin, so I would go and goose hunt in Illinois. And uh-huh. majority of those guys, they were diehard waterfowlers. You no know, duck, geese, go to Arkansas every year, like the whole nine. Didn't deer hunt at all, and then they would flip around and either fish or turkey hunt. Uh-huh. But it was rare to find anybody, and I get it because the seasons basically are parallel. But it was hard to find anybody that deer and duck hunt, you know, like hardcore. It was like one or the other, and that's what kind of happened with me this season. Like when I was living up there, I didn't really have access to do a lot of a lot of hunting, a lot of deer hunting. So I kind of would, you know, go like one or two times and. September when it was still, you know, weather was still halfway decent. I killed like a nice buck and then I'd be done with it. And then I waterfowl mostly goose until like January and then go down to like Arkansas for like a week or whatever. But since I've been back home here in Georgia and I got my own land, shit, I was deer hunting like a mug. Like, and then that's how I, you know, I was saying when we was texting back and forth, like I fell in love more so with deer hunting this year just because I was able to go more, I was able to learn more, and I felt like, you know, I was becoming, even though, you know, the bucks that I wanted gave me the slip, I felt like I was becoming a better deer hunter because I was starting to piece it together and figure it all out. But it is, is, ain't too many people that I've seen that match the two. Like, it's fun, but it's also expensive. Good Lord, if you, just think about all the stuff that you need and this is before you get to the boat (laughs) so it's like hmm deer hunt duck hunt so but it it is from my experience it's fun I enjoy it I think I got one more chance to duck hunt later on this month but yeah man it's 
I always tell people you should try it. Like, there's too many. I think the duck hunting community, there's too many people that are kind of negative about, like, new duck hunters and stuff. It's like they want to keep, you know, it close to the vest and keep it all to themselves. But if you get a chance yeah. to go, I always tell people go for it, man, because it, it is fun. And, yes, it, it can be addictive. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. I may try it as the deer season goes out. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking more next year. I'll, I'll be ready to try it because I. I still got two. I got two buck tags left in Alabama. I got one left in Georgia, and I intend on filling the one in Georgia and the two I got left in Alabama. And see that that in itself is dedication right there, and that's the cool thing about Alabama. I was looking in Alabama a little bit. You know, they go to like the 10th of February. So where like here, because you know, where I deer hunt down there in Warren County, you know, we done on Sunday. I don't have access to that precious platinum Metro Atlanta land where you can, you know, bow hunt until the 31st of January. But shoot, you can go even on public land in uh, Alabama all the way to February 10th. Yeah. So the 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 opportunity is there. Oh, yeah. It is definitely there, man. A lot of I do ninety percent of my hunting on, on public land, um, and a lot of uh, public land scares a lot of people. But if you do your homework, and it took me some years to kind of figure them out, and I'll root. I, I killed that one that was chasing on December the seventh. But these deer just now getting crunk up because I'm more towards the Alabama side. Right, right, and I've even noticed that. Where I hunt middle Georgia, I feel like, you know, everybody always talk about November. And I feel like I saw more activity and more aggressiveness in the quote unquote second rut in early December. Yeah. So it it's it's just funny though how how that how that, you know, works and stuff. You know, everybody was talking November, 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 November. But shoot, like some of the best movement and the best books I saw was like in December. Yeah. Well, I didn't see a book until uh, the morning that I killed that seven point. And within a span of three days, I seen about four shooter books in there. One, one of them, the antler restriction down here has got to be four on one side. It's a five point that's in this certain area that I'm hunting. That's a stud. But you can't shoot him because... <laughs> he ain't got nothing but four on one side. <laughs> he got the main beam and three on one side and two on the other side. And this deer is a stud. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, you can't shoot him. And you can go... I, I could probably go in there this weekend and see that deer, but I can't shoot him. Man. And see that... And the thing that threw me off at the beginning of the year, I was at work you know, opening day, I'm at work, I get a buzz on my phone. It's two bachelor bucks standing in front of my camera on opening day, and I don't ever see that. Like, usually I don't see buck, like I see like, you know, the little spurts of new growth, you know, like in July, August, but I don't see full antler bucks usually until maybe a little bit in October they start scraping and then you see a cup, maybe one or so in November, but then you see the rest of them like in December. 
I yeah. saw those two on opening day, noon, 12 o'clock noon. I was like, what in the hell? And I was at work, so it wasn't nothing I could do about it. Yeah. And I went Sunday to that spot. And, of course, you know, it was, you know, ghost town. But just, like, that blew me that blew me away, man. These deer, I feel like this year they have been more unpredictable, like unpredictable and harder to pattern than any other year. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why I'm not a biologist. I don't completely know or understand the scientifics and stuff. All I know is, you know, usually you can get on a good pattern and can pretty much set your clock to it. This year, I just felt like it, it was all over the place. It was hit or miss. Yep. Same, same here. Same here. So... But, man, before I get you out of here, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. I enjoy, you know, just talking hunting and especially deer hunting and bow hunting. But before I get you out of here, man, let folks know where they can find you at. And then you got any um, big goals or big plans this year for uh, 2020? I got, I got some stuff in, in the making for KLO Outdoors. And I'm, I'm looking to make a little noise in the outdoor industry, man. It's always been a passion of mine. I, I love to do it. And, and I'm ready. I'm ready to to make a splash in it, man, and try my luck. Okay, okay. Well, you, you do you you do a lot of filming, like a lot of self filming and stuff. Um, I do, I do, I do a lot of self filming. Okay, man. And tur- tur- turkey season it's gonna be on because me and another guy are gonna do a lot of filming, and we're gonna we're gonna lay some good footage down on turkeys. So be be looking for that. Awesome, awesome. I will be looking forward to that when you uh when you get it together, you drop it. You let me know that we can come back and uh and chat it up about it. Okay, all right. That sounds like a plan, man. So where can people uh find uh find you? You got social media and all that. You got a YouTube and videos and stuff out already. They can uh they can find me at on Facebook at KLO Outdoors and um on Instagram at KLO Outdoors. My YouTube channel, I just I got a few things on there right now, nothing major. I think I got a turkey kill on there and a couple of other things. I'm getting all my footage together and uh, I'm gonna get some more stuff on there after the season goes out. Man, but it, it, it'll be up. it's a KLO outdoors. Awesome. Awesome. Ken, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time and uh Good luck on those uh them three tags, man. Thank you, sir. I will keep you posted on it. Yes, sir. And good luck to you Sunday. Thank you. I'm going to need it because they talking about it's supposed to be 80% chance of rain. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> might, well, have hey. to, might have to swim up to them. I don't know. We'll see. Well, well, one thing about it, you can't kill me home, so good luck. Yeah. That, I, you know what? I told a buddy of mine that, Earlier last year, I think around like November or so, and then he went out and he was kind of going back and forth. He didn't know if he was going. I was like, man, you can't kill him from the couch. And then sure enough, this joker done killed two bucks in South Carolina before I can even get to my one. So okay. <laughs> that is definitely for sure. Well, man, be good. I'll catch up with you. Okay, man. All right. All right, now, before I get ready to get up on out of here, I just want to thank Ken Owensby again for coming through on the Bryantland show. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. He's got some big things coming up for his KLO Outdoors, so make sure you guys go check him out in his uh, social media 
that he dropped there in the interview, and it'll be in the show notes here on the podcast. As for me, still, we got BryantLandCountry.com. It's still the website, BryantLandCountry.com. Now, don't be you know, thrown if you still see some Bryantland Country podcast stuff all over the place. You know, I got to get my web folks uh, to get the website and everything updated. But make sure you check out BryantlandCountry.com, the website. It'll have all the old podcasts from last year, um, all the episodes there on the website. You can get your Bryantland merch there from the Bryantland shop there. So one-stop shopping, nothing's changed there. Videos, podcasts, merchandise, all at the website, BryantlandCountry.com. Thank y'all again for coming in, checking out this podcast. Like I said, I'm going to go ahead and roll up on out of here, and I'll catch you guys next week for another episode of the Bryantland Show. New and improved. Catch y'all right back here.